Welcome to On Texas Football Longhorn live stream. Uh, you saw Matt Hutchson there at the very start, our, our producer at the top of the screen. We're pushing to get this going quickly here today. Uh, Longhorns had their first fall scrimmage of the campaign. Uh, I've got Justin Wells and Jerry Hamilton alongside me. We're going to be taking your questions, talking about the scrimmage simultaneously and how we know some of the players did uh, today. Uh, so please join us. Uh, Justin has already written and compiled an article. Jerry and I have talked a little bit already about this, uh, but we want to get started. Once again, get in your questions. We'll get to them as quickly as possible. Justin, I'm going to start with you. Uh, what did you think and what did you hear uh, most that uh, reverberated, I guess, with what uh, you saw and heard today? You know, uh, today to me, um, it was like any other scrimmage. I think in the sense that, you know, that they started with their, their warmups and the drills and things of that sort. My biggest takeaway was the lack of debilitating injuries that we had seen over the last few fall, first fall scrimmages. I believe Ian Boyd, who was on, on, on one of your live streams the other day talking about it. And, you know, Ian's the gospel and, and, and he broke it down. And, and that's kind of something I was thinking about going into this game. And, you know, there were a few guys dinged up. Jerry had, reported about Jordan Whittington, I believe Andre Kojo. And so there were some guys dinged up, but I like that. That was a big takeaway. Uh, the defense winning, I know it's a zero, some zeros type, you know, result when it comes to that. But in generally, the defensive front is usually a little more advanced, a little more prepared when, when these first scrimmages come out in the fall. Usually the offense doesn't really torch them. What I noticed in that first session was that, the defense really held their own, and they sent a lot of blitzes to the second and third team quarterbacks. I thought that was unique. But in the second session, the offense started putting some points on the board. Quarterbacks started moving the ball a little bit, and the running backs started making a few plays and finding a few holes. And so for me, I think it's a really good takeaway. It's it's good. This is going to be a good film session this afternoon and tomorrow when they go through everything because I think there's so many little positives that they can find, not to mention – the offensive line, after the first team, the second, third, and fourth team were mixed-matched every single way differently than they were from the series before. It was the ultimate Swiss Army knives. It's like Flood bought them all in, in that regard because they, they all kind of did something different. And I think that shows the development, the versatility, and Flood trying to find the best five and the best eight going into week one. I got a couple of things, Bobby. I was continuing to tell Arch, Arch Manning looked really good today, like really good. Be better than he looked in the spring, is what. Uh, I was by the way, um, we don't. We, we talked about injuries on the field, nothing major. Yeah. But, hey, we don't know about in the stands. Derek Weiser said it was too damn hot out there. <laughs> we might need to check on the people that were in the stands for the scrimmage to make sure there were no injuries coming out of this, out of out of DKR today. And by the way, Derek Weiser also says Keaton Crawford will hit you. Uh, yes, TJ Lindsay just committed to Auburn. That was expected. RPM was in. Somebody asked about the Corian Moore way early. Don't worry about that when it'll play out. That uh, actually benefits Texas. You know yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, Duncanville, everybody was surprised by that. Not a um, so lot, long way to go on those. We'll take your football and recruiting questions. Also, uh, from the scrimmage um, for me today, is uh, I heard Cam Williams had a really good day at backup right tackle. I think he worked a little bit at both. They just mix and match everything. Um, Somebody's asking about Arch's athletic comp, similar to Colt. I mean, at 6'3", 225, I mean, you know, I mean, Arch is a big dude. Now, Arch's a big guy. Um, so, 
Yeah, I mean, I would say, are they? We need to see it in person because Cole had a, a lot good stop start to him at the quarterback position. But Arch is very athletic and is and is doing it with a big frame. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, Arch could end up being two hundred and forty-five pounds, guys. Yes. Yeah. And watch Arch's basketball highlights from his junior season. He has really good feet. Really yeah. good. He's a natural passer, which I find fun. But he's a big point guard who has really, really good feet. Hey, Real Justin, let's talk. Guys, let's talk a little bit about turnovers from today, okay, that we know of. All right. We know yes. that Manny Muhammad apparently had a pick six, six on Malik Muhammad. Or excuse me, on uh, Malik Murphy. Yes. Correct? Yes. All right. So that's that's one. We believe Leonga LaFau caused a turnover on a catch by JT Sanders. The freshman popped him over the middle. Is that correct, Justin? We, we believe it's a combination of LaFau and Manny Muhammad. And I was told Leona LaFau never went backwards to anyone today got it uh and then jaron thompson also had a pick of uh quinn ewers we believe in situ situational drills right. red zone work uh yeah. is what we were told correct lazy pass yeah quinn had been sharp to that point took it for granted jaron's the type of guy that will pounce on when you make mistakes okay got it uh some other news and notes uh, we talked about alfred collins having another standout practice uh, that seems to be one. Justin, tell us a little bit about what you heard. Jerry and I have already talked about this briefly. Yeah. Bobby, everything you've been reporting for the last week about Alfred Collins' ascension and, and our apprehension about, you know, what, you know how, how much is real is this and what are we doing here? Listen, Collins, they've got some packages for this guy. They are doing – they're moving him around, and and I think he's he's motivated. He, he, he to me, was the fir- – when two the first two people I talked to, Alfred Collins is who they mentioned. And, and, you know, it's funny because we for two years we've kind of been waiting for that conversation. We've been waiting for that answer and response from, from sources and people close to the program. Collins continued to flash today. And let me tell you, they put out – they showed some different looks. It's uh, And we've got all that posted at InsideTexas.com. We've got a flash show going right, there, right now, a dollar for a month. You really got to come hang out with us. But Alfred Collins, Bobby, everything you had been saying up, for, up to the week, Jerry, too, he, he put it into play today. So, to me, that's one of the best storylines so far for this fall camp. Jerry clearly doesn't have his sunglasses on. Otherwise, he'd be using them right when we're talking about positive news. <laughs> I, I looked behind Alfred me. Collins. I didn't have them. I looked behind <laughs> me. I didn't have them. Um, Jerry, Jerry's, scared when you, Jerry's scared when you talk positive about Eric, Alfred Collins. He, he like does it with his fingers crossed, I think. Well, I, I know he has a little twitch. Somebody, if Arch was as if Arch was running second and third team, he got reps at both today. Actually, he started the day at third team. Yeah. This is what I heard too, Jerry. He started yeah. the the day at third, shifted to second, never left second for the rest of the evening. Uh, morning, morning, morning. It's been, it just feels like evening because you've been doing it so long today, Justin. Uh, hey guys, a couple of other other parts. Uh, uh, Justin, I thought you had an interesting piece. Keelan Robinson. Uh, I hadn't heard this in my sourcing. You said he popped off a 50-yard run as well on a fourth and one play. Uh, describe that, if you will. Yes, he was running with the – I want to say it was with the second team. Uh, might have been Malik Muhammad at quarterback. And, uh, yeah, fourth and one. He, he found a little hole, a little wiggle, and you know how Keelan is. If he can – he's like he's like smoke through a keyhole. If he gets low and finds a cutback, I'm, I'm pretty sure the defense was all kind of stacked in, and all he has to do is make one or two guys miss. 
That's what Keelan Robinson is going to be for the Texas Longhorns. He's not a starting running back. He's not a guy that gets 18 to 22 carries a game. And he's not a guy that you start a promotion about free DJ Monroe and free Keelan Robinson. He's a guy that has a role. He's going to be a gunner coming off the edge of special teams, which is probably going to be a strongest suit, especially if he plays in the NFL. He has a package of plays right now where they'll go four wide and he's back there by himself. And there's a lot of stuff where he goes out, winds up lining up and, and doing his own things. Start getting really creative with Robinson. Don't expect him in, you know, to have like chunk reps and all these things, but he's a playmaker. He is a one play away type of guy. And that fourth and one run uh, proved that today. We have a lot of we have a lot of questions. Okay, I'll, let me hit on Jay Witt before we hit on JT Sanders. Jordan okay. Whittington, minor little arm injury, and we've heard nothing serious about that. Um, it could have been more just you know he's an experienced player, right? I mean, but he didn't look in, he didn't look seriously injured on the uh, sidelines or anything like that. No. Uh, Jatavion Sanders returned after he got smoked. <laughs> is that what is that what Leon Lafayette did to him? All right, hey uh, guys. Um, Somebody, oh, hey, Derek Weiser just said Leona's a player. So he impressed today. Leona, yeah. did, like we talked about earlier, getting out of this thing with hardly any like any bad injuries, and Leona Fowl does not go backwards. Anthony Hill on the opposite side added a sack, added a tackle for loss, was very active, and also weighed 235 pounds yesterday. Yep. That's 18-year-old. Hey, 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 by the way, I want to say this. Trevor Goosby showed up in Austin in June at 271 pounds. He's 297 as of today. Holy the God. best looking freshman, true freshman offensive lineman on the roster. Uh, you know, he, 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 he left the basketball court, hit the college strength and conditioning nutrition program. He's one of those guys that was going to blow up. We had talked about it. 26 pounds. It's a lot. And it's good. And it's going to be good weight. He's six, seven. I mean, it's not going to be that way. Absolutely. Right. He was a steal in this class, man. Hey, question for you guys. Um, uh, we also have talked about other players and, and positions. It's our understanding, Justin, you're reporting that DJ Campbell was first one in at left guard. Is that correct? Right guard. Right, right guard. Right guard. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, uh, yes, sir. So, uh, DJ, DJ, from what I was told, DJ looked fantastic. It kind of carries over from, you know, that first week, we, we, that windows, we got to see the offensive linemen and how trim they look and how – how, you know, just a little bit more streamlined, a little bit more cut. Looks like they've had a year of, you know, strength conditioning. DJ is the remains. Remember in that class, he was the mean one. DJ was the one that you did not want to fist fight. I get Cam Williams being ginormous and, 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 and Kelvin Banks being quiet. But let me tell you, DJ Campbell is, is the tough, is the, is the mean one. But, but he was the first one. My, my point though on that, because Jerry and I heard he was athletic as crap. And Jerry thinks he's a Casey Stutter, Stuttered starter kid, essentially. Casey but, Stutter couldn't dunk. I, no, no, we mean in terms of we, we mean in terms of the mentality. Just oh, mentality. oh, yes, the disposition. The oh, disposition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, he, we. I, I was because DJ is a lefty on the block, and he's got a soft little up and under touch. And I'm telling you, we, man, I, DJ, I, I, I was told DJ Campbell and, and Kelvin Banks look dominant today. Yes. Neto Umiazula looked good as well. I heard Cole Hudson looked good as well. And then you had reported Cam Williams. Uh, yeah. I hadn't heard as much, but Jerry had mentioned Cam Williams looking good today as well. So my question, though, is it was D.J. Campbell first at, at offensive guard? Jake right. Majors at center, D.J. Campbell at right guard, Hayden Connor at left guard for the first series. Okay. 
Um, any that any changed news later on, on receivers, on. Justin? You reported A.D. Mitchell and Jontae Cook probably had the best practices of the receivers. Is that your opinion? Is that what you're hearing right now? That's what I'm hearing. Uh, first, or I believe it was the second drive. Uh, Quinn Ewers on a second read hits hits A.D. Mitchell in the back corner of the end zone uh, for a touchdown. Um, A.D. Remi- remains a guy that's just very difficult to guard in practice. And he's playing against some guys that are 6'2 and 6'3, and A.D.'s kind of having some fun with it. He had a great catch. Jonte Cook had a handful of catches, including a touchdown. I believe it was a 28-yarder from Arch Manning in the second portion, uh, in the second session, rather. And so uh, Jonte had a handful of nice plays. I heard Casey Kane caught a couple good balls, had a couple drops. I know Arch, when he came in in the second session and really started moving that second team, uh, some of those guys had some drops. Uh, some of, but he finally connected with Juan Harris, I believe, on a fourth down that that looked uh, uh, Juan Davis rather that uh, tight end that looked pretty good. And so overall, that 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 was probably the gist from what I heard on receivers. So at times, I mentioned more about Niblet or DeAndre Moore, to be honest. Okay, so here's the here's another question for you, Justin, because me and Jerry have already talked a little bit and everything uh, on a previous video. Uh, you mentioned Juan Davis and JT, and we talked about JT Sanders. Gunnar Helm had a big catch today as Quinn well. Ewers. Yes, he connected with him on a second and tw- uh, second and uh, eighteen. Gunnar knew where to go. That was the key. That's what the source had told me. He's like, man, it wasn't that it was a good catch. It was that they needed eighteen, and he went twenty. And so it was. It, it wound up, you know, it, it was a good connection because you know they're on the same page. Because Gunnar Helm is a guy they don't talk much about when you have a Jatavian Sanders, but they're going to go. They're still going to go to tight end. They're still going to do that sometimes, and Gunnar Helm might be a, a decent factor this season. I, somebody, hey, somebody asked. I heard that linebacker for South Oak Cliff looked good. Yeah, Justin and I both heard the same thing. Billy Walton had later in the scrimmage had two, three tackles for loss, had a sack, really looked active, looked like the active player that we all saw as a senior at South Oak. He Cliff. gave he, those he tackles two hundred thirty-seven pounds, from what I hear. Oh, exactly, Jerry. He gave. I heard he gave those tackles hell. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey guys, let's. I want to before let's reset here and talk a little bit about pass rush. But first, I want to say this. Uh, thanks to Jerry Hamilton and Justin Wells of Inside Texas here uh, coming in uh, with us and talking about the fall first scrimmage reactions. Uh, right now, we've been talking a little bit about fifteen minutes or so, uh, giving y'all the insight on what we got. We're going to go to questions uh, so we can get more specific answers for you if you want those. Uh, but first, I want you guys both to tell us what y'all heard about the pass rush today. Justin, I want you to start. Jerry, I want you to go to second. What I heard was that that was part of, I guess, the defensive game plan to, to blitz. There was a lot of blitzing today, especially against the second and third team quarterbacks. I know they still, I know they came at Quinn a little bit, and I know they flustered him in one in one possession, and in another, they ran basically a boot on the goal line that actually worked out, you know, because he was overplayed. And so, um, overall, though, you know, what else, I want to know what Jerry heard, just because. I think that the blitzing was part of it. Like that's why I was saying earlier about how the defense is usually a, a week ahead of the offense generally do it does a little bit better in, in the first fall uh, scrimmage of each camp. And so, but Anthony Hill getting to the quarterback, um, Billy Walton getting to the quarterback, 
Um, I didn't hear much from the inside linebackers, get, you know, make much in pass rush, but that was more Jalen and Leona kind of and Benda doing their thing. But those young guys, those were the those were the names that I heard getting to the quarterback. And at the same time, I heard they brought a lot of pressure. And I don't know if that was testing the offense to see what they can handle, see what these backup quarterbacks can handle. All I know is they put a lot of pressure on those two guys, and that's why I think Arch had a little bit had a better day than than Malik, obviously. Jerry, what what did you hear from a pass rush? You said Walton had a sack. Uh, any other guys you thought you heard got after it a little bit? Alfred Collins, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Alfred Collins obviously was disruptive all day. I, I didn't hear anything about just standout stuff, but I'm not sure. Um, like Justin said, you know, without being there, it's hard. It's hard to say, right, on that. But um, I didn't hear anything about just explosive standout edge rush stuff with the uh, first or second team. But I mean, look. Uh, it, it is a scrimmage. It's a con controlled scrimmage at the same time. We heard more about the linebackers being disruptive. And Billy Walton, to me, is kind of that hybrid guy. Um, but, yeah, so I think the young pups are biting today a little bit. I, what, Jerry, what about this? Uh, Anthony Hill, give people the quote that you got uh, on Anthony Hill uh, that, via text. I thought that was terrific earlier uh, when you gave that to us in that earlier video. Because, uh, yeah. look, Anthony Hill, you talk about pups biting. Young man out of Denton Ryan is apparently having a whale of a camp. Ant, Ant Hill is all over the place all the time. <laughs> and I love that he's 235 already. Yeah. It's yeah. August, and he's yeah. and, and it's 110 degrees, and that dude gained to, to, to got to 235. <laughs> Anthony Hill's not here to play around with y'all. Hey, I'm going to get to some questions here. Yeah, let's do um, it. Let's let's do it right now. Let's start with Damon Graham. I know that Jalen Catalan is looking really good, but who do you think replaces him when or if he gets hurt? Will they have worked Derek Williams in enough, or do they feel confident in him? Uh, I can give I can give you guys this one. Uh, at this point, it's Michael Taff and Keaton Crawford that are rotating in there. Uh, behind them is B.J. Allen as well as Derek Williams at this time. Larry Turner Gooden is in there, but I'm not so sure Turner Gooden is up to snuff as B.J. Allen from a communication standpoint right now. Another thing to note is Catalan and uh, Thompson are cross-training between the two positions. Yeah. So they're both playing boundary. They're both playing field. They just and they're want to be able to flip the field, flip each side. That's yeah. exactly right. So keep that in mind, Damon, that, th that they're trying to do something a little bit different and give them a little bit more – of a chance to do this. Hey, hey, by the way, Bobby, I think that's an important thing you brought up because that means you have smart football players. I, I was I was saying that smart and experienced. Yes. When it comes to Jared and Jalen, there you're not going to find too many safeties in but, the country smarter than those two. But that's the thing, though. There can be experienced players that Texas still wouldn't have the confidence to do that with. These guys are instinctive and experienced. It's a deadly combination for older football players. Gotcha. Great. Right. Good stuff, guys. All right. Thank you for the question, Damon. Hope we got that to you. Uh, not put, not political, just a realist. You guys both uh, heard the oh, same I thing. We've take, heard I the same thing. This. Who wants to really take this one on? I want to take year? this because okay. there were some uh, reports by um, people on the couch that weren't from the couch in this industry that Arch might be in the portal. I mean, <laughs> it was one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. And, and I've been in this business 22 years. <laughs> Okay, I've been in a long time, so this one ranked really high on stupid. Okay, and um, it was just unbelievable comment to make. Arch is ahead of schedule. There's been NFL scouts roll through some practices. 
I was told by another Power 5 assistant that the same NFL team rolled through his practice that they think Arch Manning has a very bright future. Um, Arch Manning is distributing the ball well. Distribution is a word that Steve Sarkeesian uses for his quarterbacks. Uh, Arch is very athletic. He's got a very quick release. Um, you know, one of the things you always pick up on with Arch is after the drills, from drill to drill in high school, he sprinted. He was the first guy to the next drill. He's doing that in Austin. I mean, yep. so, look, um, they're selling Arch Manning jerseys in, in the co-op for a reason. Justin, what do you think on, on Arch Manning? Arch Manning is – he. the biggest takeaway for me today was the improvement he made from the end of spring. You know, a lot of people roasted him for not having the best spring game considering he was playing behind the third-team O-line, considering, you know, the defense was essentially teeing off. You know, it it was a little premature for a kid barely 18 years old, you know, early enrollee. I think over this summer, he actually got – he's definitely filling out more. I know we saw him uh, last week during the the, the media availability when we can go to practice, and he's bigger. He's he's filling out. He's going to be thicker. Jerry mentioned he could be 245 at some point. He's just a big bone kid. And he looked good today. It looked like he did a lot of work this summer. He did, you know, the quarterback country stuff. I know he went out, I believe he went out to California a little bit for work. Like he is a master of his craft. Hey, to hey. me, the biggest takeaway too, Bobby, no turnovers. Well, well, Compared to the other two quarterbacks, no turnovers. I said this after the spring game, and here's the thing I think that gets lost in all that, the spring game stuff is um, he played under duress the whole time. Do people really think if he hadn't got some first team reps, he wouldn't have looked a lot different? I mean, I, I like it doesn't it's make too sense. easy for him, Jerry. I mean, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Remember this, and I'm not saying there's Quinn's a starting quarterback at Texas. Okay, I'm on record as saying Arch will be the next starting quarterback. And that's not a not not a knock on Malik. Y'all y'all want my opinions? That's my opinion. But here's the thing. The last thing Sark wanted is to ha- be talking about who should be the starting quarterback all off season headed into this season. So, I mean, look, some of this stuff plays out in the spring games for a reason. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you this, guys, uh, real quick. Can either of you – did y'all get a description on the uh, long run uh, of Arch Manning? Like, what – was it a – I heard it was a scramble. Breakout? I heard it was just a scramble, like a broken play. But that's the thing with Arch. Like, I, I, one of the games that I, I covered of him, I believe his junior – or senior year, was a game where he rushed for 88 yards – it was that team. I can't remember the team they played, but they played like eight back the entire game and basically forced Arch to run. He wound up rushing for a touchdown in that game and had 88 yards rushing, and they beat that team, which for the first time, I believe it was St. Martin. It was for the first time yeah. in like seven or eight years. But it was him running the football. And listen, <laughs> he he's not going to be Archie. He's not going to look like that. He's not, but he's he's quicker and faster than Eli and Peyton. So he's somewhere in between, in my opinion. But it was, from what I understand, it was a scramble, broken play. But still, if you can haul that thing 50 yards. One parent actually said it looked like Hudson Card in an open field, like open field speed. And we both know Card had some had some a decent speed in the, in, I, in the I, I want to give Ryan Nelson, one of our re- regular uh, guys who listens and comments, yeah, he brought up Arch's 68-yard run against Berkeley Prep, who had about seven Division I prospects, and Keeley, Keon Keeley out there as yeah. a junior on, on TV against ESPN. Absolutely, that was a big – that really showed some Arch's 
uh, let us know. Right. We continue to have Decorian more questions. We believe this is an early commitment. Uh, Texas, you know, tech, this recruitment will go on far from over. Uh, kind of a commitment that a lot of people weren't expecting. And um, so we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, this from a super chat from Edmund Lee. When is on Texas football setting up an office near Duncanville High School so Jerry doesn't have to leave his house at 2.30 in the morning? I added that second part. My response uh, Jerry, have, Jerry, they have sugar-free beef jerky. About Arch, any family members there today? Do we know if uh, the Manning family was in town today, Justin or Jerry? Did y'all either of y'all hear don't know. I don't that. know. I connected with his head coach, Nelson Stewart, earlier today uh, and then right after the scrimmage. And so I know uh, he, he wasn't aware uh, if they were there. Okay. Uh, and on, on Duncanville High School, uh, Reginald Samples has seen enough of me over the years. I think he'd be happy with me not having an office around Duncanville High School. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, getting to your questions. If you have any more questions for us, please feel free to add them in. Uh, we're here to answer them. Talk a little scrimmage. Uh, fall uh, fall ball for the Longhorns. This one from Fat Man 0413. Uh, Justin reporting is at, being asked, anyone new in the starting O-line? Justin, we reporting officially DJ Campbell was the starting right guard for this scrimmage. Doesn't mean he ended that way or anything like that. They're rotating them. But that that dime, that that the Rubicon may have been crossed so to speak, in that regard. We just don't know, but that's at least where it started off. Yes, you, uh, DJ Campbell's – and we've seen that in practice too. We've heard that in practice reports. DJ was running with the ones, but he's still – he's rotating with Cole Hudson. It, it, it's it's not done, but when you – that's what the starting lineup looked like when they, when they were rolled out there. Now, DJ stayed at right guard, whereas Cole played some right guard, some center, and some left guard. So that versatility, to me, I think makes them both valuable especially, you know, with DJ, because I think he's just so violent. I think he's got to be on the field. But with Cole at the same time, he gives you that size and that versatility to play a lot of different spots. That's the thing with this O-line. It's not at the starters. It's the depth. And Bobby and I, I think you and I talked about this in a couple shows before. We hadn't seen a lot of that depth. That was the problem for a decade was the lack of depth. And so at this stage, when you get – if you can find eight guys that they can run out, and I feel like Flood feels confident they can, that's the most important thing about this offensive line at Texas. Hey, Bobby, somebody asked about how did Kelvin Banks look. This is what I received. Kelvin Banks is blocking everything and everybody. <laughs> so Nate Rivera, he looked pretty good today. <laughs> I, I want to say one more thing on, on O-line too, guys. Um, you mentioned, Justin, left guard. And Hudson getting run there. Neto looking good. Hayden Connor, of course, the incumbent. If DJ Campbell is taking over at right guard, all of a sudden it comes a three-man race for left guard. Because I'm not going to sell Cole Hudson short at all in that race. I mean, just keep that in mind. So, folks, uh, if, if DJ Campbell's move, making that kind of move, then what do you do with left guard? Kyle perfectly said, Bobby, Kyle Flood loves Hudson. He might be the most versatile of that group. You know, he's got athletic genes. This is a kid that can do well. And I think that goes doubles down on the fact it's not the starting five. It's the start. It's the eight and the depth behind that. Well, he, he's he's clearly a high, hyper intelligent, high football IQ because he started as a true freshman. Right. And so you can move him to he's already moving him in the center, left guard. 
you know, that's a good way to put it, uh, Justin. I appreciate that. And Hayden Connor played a lot of center today, too. They, five different guys played center for Texas. Five today. different guys. So you're five saying, Listen, you were, but Jerry, can you name them? Yeah, yes, I can. yeah, yeah. Jake Majors, Connor Robertson, Cole Hudson, Hayden Connor, and Sawyer Gorm Walsh. <laughs> that's, why, that's why Jerry's the king. All right, we got. All right, we gotta, Jerry, we you can take this question. Just for that, Jerry. You just said six. I didn't have an answer. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I would have had to do some double checking. Here we go. This one's from Emmanuel Villafranco. How did the defensive tackles perform? I want to mention one guy. Not this isn't it as a whole. Just so come. Somebody told me. Sadir Mitchell may only be able to play three snaps at a time, but his three snaps are hard to move, man. <laughs> he said he gets everything out of his three snaps, and the offensive linemen look tired after his three snaps. Sadir <laughs> was running with the second team at nose tackle. Yes, is what I was told. You know, obviously that, that's going to be a spot. I didn't hear about the rep about the um, conditioning. Maybe that was part of after the scrimmage for for poor Sadir, but and he'll come around. You know, he'll. But he's just so big. He's so big. Byron Murphy to me is every time I ask somebody about the D line, I, I hear about Byron Murphy. Yeah. That the that's the strongest. That's the most consistent. That's your pit bull. That's your ringmaster. Um, Vernon, well, hey, wait, I gotta say this though. Let me say this. Let me add this one for you, Justin. Okay. The biggest takeaway of the defensive line today for me. Was is Alfred Collins playing end? Yeah. So in a three-man front, similar to what they did with Mora Ojomo last year. Yeah. So they would get three big bodies along with Baron Sorrell on the line of scrimmage simultaneously. Yes. I thought that was really, really big uh, because that means they are cross-training and not going to lose that versatility they hope that they had last year that Ojomo gave them where they could still go big on third and three and still try to generate a pass rush. While still being able to stop the run. Yes. That that's that's y'all agree that's, with that? Yes, sir. Yeah, well, and the other thing I said, I said in our rapid reaction is the only way you can really do that is if you're also confident in your D tackle depth. I know that's a limited, but you have to have confidence in your depth to be able to actually put that on the board to begin with. All right, uh, Poke Casino, uh, $20 Super Chat. Thank you so much. Eating some barbecue and watching. I wish I was eating the barbecue. Uh, pick the, our running back you see leading each category. Rushing yards, TDs, reception. Ah, I like That's it. A, this is a good one. Yeah. I'll go. I, I'll try this, guys. You, you guys chime in real quick. Rushing yards, Jonathan Brooks, TDs. I'll take Cedric Baxter. Receptions. I may have to go Jonathan Brooks over Keelan Robinson there, even though I think Keelan Robinson is going to be used a lot. Those are my three answers. Same. We're boring. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, the receptions one is the only one that throws me off a little bit. That's the only one because Keelan, a lot of his stuff is going to be him moving around, catching and, and that sort of thing. But Brooks has got great hands. It's kind of one of his underrated qualities. Gotcha. Uh, this would uh, just to go over and reiterate this, um, I'm just now getting to some of these questions since we've been uh, moderating a discussion for quite a while. Uh, Jordan Whittington, we've said already, uh, it was a nick, not a injury. That's our understanding of it. Yeah. Uh, so just please be clear. There's a difference between pain <coughs> and injury. 
Look, it just sounds like people, more like a pain. Yeah, for the people that are comment commenting in the hundreds and hundreds watching this, by the way, thank you. You would see it on our faces if it was bad. <laughs> or if we knew it to be bad. Yeah. yeah. Hey, guys, did either of y'all see this? Uh, Steven Henderson asks, how did David Benda look? Did y'all hear I, Benda? I personally call? didn't hear his name, but more than like two or three times. Uh, and that's not to say that's nothing bad. That That's what happens a lot of time with these scrimmages. We hear about certain guys, and just because we don't hear about others, often sometimes you feel like something's wrong, something, something's there. I promise you it's not. I just didn't hear a lot about David Bender today, other than the fact that he, he's, you know, with their, out there with Ford for the first group. I got to say this real quick uh, before we move on to David Bender and into the next question. Uh, I'm with Jerry Hamilton and Justin Wells of Inside Texas. Uh, we've posted all of our intel on InsideTexas.com. If you want to go and subscribe to that, it's $1 for a month. It's a special uh, we're offering right now to new subscribers. Uh, Justin, one of the things that was in your report today, this was very interesting to me. Todd Tomplay asked, is there any intel on our special teams, whether it be good or bad? I know you had something about Burt Auburn and, and Will Stone. Give, give folks what you know. Yeah, that's, let, let's get that uh, the special teams. I call this the Joe Cook uh, proviso. Uh, let's get the special teams out of the way. Um, it was a pretty good day, actually. Uh, Will Stone had more kick, had more opportunities with, with, with his foot today than, than they did with Burt Auburn. And that might just be they know what they have in Burt. Burt's going to – Sideshow Bob's going to be your kicker. Uh, but, you know, just to make sure Will Stone is – and the lefty was great. Uh, he had one doink in. But it still counts as good. It's it's still it's still a field goal that's still good. Auburn had a few uh, good kicks as well. Um, to me, the most interesting thing from special teams wasn't that Jonte Cook was the first team punt returner, was that Ad Mitchell was the second team punt returner. And so I, I we we had talked about this before, Bobby or Jerry and I might might have about how Jonte tracks can track the ball. He just there's something about him. He's got antennas. And he's able to do that, and he did it in high school, and I could see him doing it in college. Him running with the ones with that. Uh, nothing on Sanborn or whoever punted the ball, but obviously that Cook was – Jonte was back there uh, returning the, uh, the the punts with the first group, uh, A.D. Mitchell with the second group, and um, Will Stone and, uh, and Auburn had good days. No misses to my knowledge. Okay, I will say this on special teams, just to, for people that have not followed on Texas football or inside Texas to this point, okay, we believe Texas is going to be better in the, the return and coverage games this year because of the addition of Joe DeCamillis as a special teams assistant. Yeah. Okay. To say that they, Texas is more detailed in the special teams than ever before, I saw it in three practices I went to. Okay. That doesn't mean that all of a sudden Burt Auburn is going to be 20 for 20. Burt Auburn could go out there and be 12 of 20 this year. And that's not really the special teams coaches problem right but i'm i think that the coverage team and the return teams will be better i, I really really believe that and i believe, believe it strongly they're just too texas is too talented overall the young guys can run and cover and then i think they're being taught hard right now all right um hey guys uh i want to say this somebody's asked david rawls asking any news on tacilia Kana since camp started I did hear that Chris Ross, late when the threes went up against each other, we were talking about guys that got off the quarterback a little bit. Yeah, he did. I heard Chris Ross got after the quarterback a little bit oh. late when threes were going, though. Uh, any news on Tassili Akana 
at this point in camp or, or else I can share what I have. No, no I, I, I don't have I much don't on my end. Okay. Yeah, I, I do. I've, I've talked to some folks and, and seen him and in, 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 uh, going. He's, I've got to take a call. I will be right back. Go Matt, for it. We'll remove you. you real quick, Justin. Okay. All right. Good deal. All right. Hey, um, here's the issue, Jerry, what I've heard on Tassilia Kana. At this point, he is a work in progress and he is healthy. They like what they've seen. Mm-hmm. But you know what? He's got to get up and do it. He was not a mid-year enrollee, right? And so because of that, he Correct. has some catching up to do. Correct. Um, all right. Hey, 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 should I read part of a text I got today, Bobby? About the scrimmage? Yeah, sure. Yeah. G, the D look solid, consistent secondary play. O has lots of weapons to choose from. Sark should have fun this year. I'll save the prediction part for the year, but that, <laughs> that was from a really good set of eyes, guys. <laughs> All right, Elijah Those Perez. have seen a lot of ball. <laughs> uh, Elijah Perez with a uh, super chat. Roshan appreciation post from getting carted off in camp a year ago to averaging 8.3 yards per carry in his preseason debut. Let's just have him. He could run for 1.3 yards yesterday. Yeah, or on in his debut, right, Jerry? Yeah. Um, you you followed him as a as a high schooler. That guy deserves everything positive that comes to him, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, because he's he's gone about life the right way. A hundred percent. I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, look, uh, Bobby. I think we can be doing this show twenty years, and I may never say this again. The backup running back was a leader of a college football team. Yeah. All I right, mean, hey guys, if if you want to get more questions in, we have we've got time. Jerry and I are here for the duration. Uh, Justin Wells is trying to get me to get him back in here. Uh, there he is. I hope that, I hope it wasn't too big. Uh, long story short, we're here for a little while taking questions. Get them in. Uh, we'll answer as many scrimmage questions as we can. Thank you, Corey, for the super chat. Uh, does Texas compete for a natty by 2026? Let's finish this recruiting class would be my number one thing. My number two thing is I want to see if they keep getting after the portal like they got after the portal this past year. Right. Because, guys, you you are effective in recruiting and the portal. You know, you're, you're doing pretty good. Um, and here's my I, – I got a – obviously, since we're sharing texts that we're getting, uh, this is mine. Number one. It looks like we came out with no major injuries. Number two, no major injuries. Number three, <laughs> no major injuries. Smiley face. <laughs> he couldn't. Have, that's the best text of the day. That texter wins. Hey, look, man, that guy watched the most important part of the scrimmage, the sidelines. He might not have caught a play, but he Amen. saw it. He needed to see. Oh, I think he. I think he. I think he caught a player too. But I, I get it. Hey, uh, uh, Emmanuel Dillafranco Dilla was Billy Parton. Walton, part of the second or third team. Do y'all, did y'all know third? To my Jerry? knowledge, it was both, but I think it was the second session, third team. Yeah. Okay. But, but I, I don't know for sure. Yeah. yeah. I we think he play- started out at third team, and I don't know if he, you know. No, I know he started at third team. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I, I, I'm that. That would be my guess. Okay. Gotcha. Edmund Lee here. Who is? A, thanks for the super chat. Who is ahead this early? DL or OL? What did y'all hear about that? DL. Justin, you go first and say explain. DL, like I said earlier, 
usually the defensive line, it always feels like they're, they're always a little bit ahead of the offensive line when it comes to fall camps. And, and especially that I don't think it's any different this year because Texas is, has some questions in the interior line, not so much questions that they don't know what to do, but, but they have a lot of options. Whereas the defensive line, those guys are just coming in and out. You're going from Byron Murphy to Vernon Broughton to, to Vondre Sweat to Sadir Mitchell to good to Trill Carter. Dear God. Right now, it's the D-line from what I hear. Hey, get the Poke Casino's uh, uh, super chat. All right, already well, Justin, did. Let's oh, put Justin on the spot. <laughs> did Justin take a call with the next big commitment? He did a happy arm dance when he came back on screen. What does that mean, Justin? I think he just lined up a date for later tonight. But that's my <laughs> guess. That's entirely possible. <laughs> that, leads to, that leads I have a question for Jerry. What would be the better outcome <laughs> at our age right now? Oh, it's a date. The, the date? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would say the date? Yeah, you're, you, you're gotta, you had the number one player in Texas a big two days ago. You know, it's all good. You say a date over the – okay, okay. I, this I, I can't be Justin surprised. Yarbrough, guys. Can't this be surprised. Was, this is from Justin Yarbrough. Uh, his, he's got a super – this 23 class sounds very impressive, more so than I expected. Remember, they were ranked three overall. Coming in, Eric reported Vosick has been dealing with some nagging injuries. Any updates? I think I'm the one that. that yeah, that was Bobby that po- yeah. put that out this morning. It, yeah. It's been it's been his heel, it's been his arm, it's been his toe. Yeah, yeah. T- I mean, he's got. Just to be clear. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. He's played a lot of football in high, his high school career, right? I mean, he's Westlake he goes deep in the playoffs. He plays every down. He's played since his sophomore year as starter. So he's played a lot of football. He's got a beat-up body a little bit. Yes, he's going to have nagging injuries. The same thing, he's not injured, right? There's a there's a distinct difference. His body this may need some time to heal a little bit over more so than other people do, do right now. I, I, uh, Matthew Ko- Koshian has a question I want to answer. You, can you pull that up? How yeah, are you no, seeing these no, questions? No, 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 no. That's a better question questions. for Billy Lucci at Texags. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> What's more likely this year, 12-0 and 0 or 5-7? and 7, For those of that you are just listening on podcast or whatever, uh, Matthew Koshian asked that, and uh, Jerry Hamilton's response is, that's a better question. For Billy Lucci at Texax. That's my um, look. I think that'll be nice to Billy. I, I no, I like Billy actually. I love, I love Billy. Billy. That's yeah, just yeah. fun. Billy's <laughs> 12 and 0. Is genius, man. 12 and 0 <laughs> is definitely more likely than five and seven for Texas. I just I just want to go there. 
Um, all right, let's keep going. <laughs> uh, Kabir Hussein, uh, Super Chat. Updates on Xavier. Hey, guys, Lee. now I'll have to take a call. Okay, Matt, let him go real quick. Thank you. <laughs> um, Justin, hearing update updates on Xavier Worthy, hearing about all other wide receivers but him. Uh, explain why that is the case, because we know why. Uh, but I want you to go ahead and explain. Yes, sir. That's because he was wearing a green jersey today. He was out. He's actually uh, been limited the last few practices with an illness, not an injury, nothing nagging, nothing to, to, to worry about. He's just trying to get over a little bit of a sickness. And also understand with these scrimmages, they know what they have in some of these returning guys. And so an Xavier Worthy isn't necessarily needs to be out there. If anything, getting these other guys reps and more time and cohesion with the rest of the group and more depth might be better outcome. You know what you get with Worthy. 21 touchdowns in two seasons. Dude knows what he's doing. He's just sick right now. Nothing to worry about. All right. Hey, this one real is a good one. Chris Young, and I thought you hit on this in our article on Inside Texas. Uh, remember, we're part of InsideTexas.com. Uh, please consider a subscription there. Uh, was there diversity in the pass game today? Screens, RPO, shorter routes, mid-distance, and field stretchers, verticals. Uh, Justin, you wrote about that. Explain to folks what you what you said. You know, there wasn't a lot of, of, of vert, vertical stuff, you know, going down the field like you would expect with, with, with the Steve Sarkeesian offense. I think maybe with it being the first scrimmage, they're just trying to get some of the basics down. I know they did a lot of running. I know Jonathan Brooks looked really good on the first few drives. I was told he was decisive. Uh, Cedric Baxter looked really good in the second portion uh, with his runs. I know he scored a, a touchdown a touchdown on at least one carry um, and had a 30-yard run on another. And so I think it was a lot more vanilla. You know, I, don't, I'm, I don't think there was a lot of RPO stuff there. I want to say Manny Muhammad might have bit on something with Malik on an RPO or something, a short, you know, a shorter route. Uh, but they didn't really stretch the field. This was a lot of bubble stuff. This was a lot of screens. This was a lot of mix and matching and kind of what you meant, you know, something, you know, Sark's trying a lot of Sark has a whole new bag of toys. And so he is, you know, absolutely utilizing those. But today I think it was more run based. The the most passing came from like the, the, the red zone type stuff. Sorry, I'm back. I can confirm Justin. It was a, it was a date for Justin tonight. I can confirm that. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Yarbrough asking, who will be the eighth guy to travel with the O-line if they travel with eight guys? I think they might travel with nine to have a third yeah. center. Um, I, and, and the five would be the five starters from last year, plus DJ Campbell, plus Neto Umiozulu, plus Cam Williams, Cam Williams. plus – Connor Robertson. Yeah, that's what I, I say too. I, I'm actually going to disagree, and I'm going to say Andre Kojo because he ran with the first group on the jumbo package, the goal, the first two goal line sessions today in that swing tackle position that Andre Carriage played in last year. What Malik Ogbo did not? No. Oh no, no, no! It might have been Ogbo. Hold on, it might have been Ogbo. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was Ogbo. Malik Ogbo did that, so Ogbo might be the one they take with them. Good catch, Bobby. Okay, got it. Yeah, I thought it was Ogbo. They were cross training. No, that, yeah, I reported that, and that's what made me think about that question. And you know, I I love Connor, but if Ogbo's doing that in that package, he's going to be on the road. And I still think Cam Williams. And you know, they did some goal line stuff with Byron Murphy at fullback. And so I, I think Cam Williams, to me, if he's not 
if you know Christian Jones has a spot to me, that's your better swing tackle. But Neto had been doing some of that so far in the fall. I actually hadn't heard much of Ogbo doing that in the fall. That might have been a new wrinkle. Yeah, I think they're trying to anchor in to see whether or not Neto is going to take that left guard spot, guys. Yep, exactly. That's he, look, he looks good, guys. He looks good. All right. Hey, totally. hey, look, he has some of that Casey stutter in him too with high NFL draft pick. Boy, if you, if you didn't see that in the OU game when he was blocking guys into the end zone in the yep. fourth quarter when the game was out of hand. Hey, hey you know, Bobby, we, we need to get Casey stuttered back on here before the season starts, by the way. Yeah, that'd be good. He's he's Casey's an entertaining guy and an intelligent guy as well. All right, Topher, uh, Bobby, does Texas have $500 million worth of core NFL quarterback contracts on this roster? I think they might. That is insane. I would tell you that I think they've got – at least two, they're going to be. What is that? What is 100 million plus? What well, 200 million? No, no, no. I'm talking about no, no, no. Two guys. How many figures? Is that nine figures? Wow. Yeah, two nine figures. You would know before we do. Bobby. I've never had to think about that before. <laughs> I, I'm just telling you, I think they've got, got two nine, nine figure quarterbacks on this roster. Hey, hey, I just want to say three. With, with, where, with where TV dollars are going and these contracts are going. To, if Arch Banning's a good, really good player, they may have one $500 million guy in the, by himself. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> hey, um, Josh Hacker is asking a question here. One position we don't speak enough this season is linebacker. How are they looking? Uh, we mentioned in already that Leonga LaFowle had a forced fumble and has looked really good in the scrimmage. Uh, Jalen Ford, of course, is they're going to put him out there and then take him out in, in a first scrim, uh, yes. scrimmage of the fall. They're not going to have him play extended snaps. Um, we also mentioned that uh, Anthony Hill had a great uh, a great scrimmage. We did not mention either much of David Benda or Mo Blackwell. Did either of you guys hear anything on Mo Blackwell? I can tell you guys are sitting there reading your text that you're getting from sources right now. Anything on Mo Blackwell at this point? Nothing on my end. And Nothing not on my end either. Okay. And, All right, and, uh, he had been flashing a little bit last last week in camp, so that that's a good question. Okay. This is a great question. Yeah. Jalen Gilbo, uh, David Rawls asked, Jalen Gilbo getting back to form after injury. He still has a – I am told that he still has a knee brace on, uh, but is back to form. He has a little bit more um, – I'm going to say this. He has not been skittish about his knee, if that makes sense. I, I, I think that some people are still concerned that Isaiah Nayor may be – being a little skittish about his knee in and out of cuts, not deep, but in and out of cuts. Yeah. So that's something that uh, we can watch uh, and watch for. So, uh, so we've also had a couple of um, Darian Gillette questions through this uh, chat. I, I haven't really heard anything on Darian Gillette other than, you know, he's back hundred percent healthy, but I haven't heard anything. I, we've, I think all of us have always maintained he, he's a, He's a guy you kind of got to forget about for a year. He's got to learn a position. They got to really, he's got to learn the nuances of this position, kind of get back in the flow of things. But all we know is he's back healthy. I was told two guys, two of the freshmen that could really flash on special teams in 2023 were Jelani McDonald and Darren Gillette. Yeah. Derek Williams. Wow. I heard Derek look, Williams. Look, I said people. Okay. He's an he's an animal. He's a raptor. He's, a, he's from the Jurassic Park era. <laughs> That's there's a reason. We I thought we were talking about humans. Derek Williams is different. He is hey, alien, man. 
Hey, EKM, do you see Alfred Collins playing in against the 700 pounds of beef on the Alabama right tackle and guard? Yes, that's that's one of the things we were talking about that's interesting. Um, I think I want to – me and Ian Boyd talked after we heard – immediately after – texted immediately after we heard they were working uh, Collins at uh, in today. We're going to try to tackle that subject and a couple more subjects tomorrow morning uh, in tomorrow morning's things. Uh, also, Fabian, everyone here, go hit the like button. Hook them. Guys, um, we, we agree with this. Please try to give us a, a like and subscribe to the channel if you're not already. That helps with our algorithm and all this other stuff uh, that helps with us uh, overall in this show uh, because we do want to get and reach out to as many Longhorn fans as possible. Did y'all hear, uh, Isaac Darden's asking, did y'all hear anything about Jaden Blue today? Either of you at this point? Might have heard about a carry or two, but nothing, nothing of note. I know Brooks looked great. Baxter finished strong. Keelan had a big play. Beyond that, I, I didn't hear much at tailback. Hey, Bobby, talk about Blue a little bit. I know you heard a little bit about Blue, not from the scrimmage necessarily, though. Yeah, I have. Um, so he's playing well. He's, he's following up on a positive spring. Right. Really, he did not have a good. Yes. Not unlike B.J. Allen. Right. They both did not have first good semesters at Texas. They both had good second semesters at Texas. Both continue to move forward, which I think is going to is really, really strong. Right, guys. Um, I continue to be told that he may never be a every down back, even though he has some potential there. But they absolutely think that he can be their next uh, type of Keelan Robinson if it's not Trey Wisner. Right unless they move Trey Wisner to, to uh, potentially a slot because he, he has, he's so good in the open field. So there's, there's a lot of uh, different uh, pieces there uh, to take. Hey, hey, the, the stop sign underscore. He asked, when is the recruiting part coming up? Hey, y'all fire your questions into the comments and we'll, we'll answer them. Let's do that real quick. Do, do DeCorian Moore and TJ Lindsay just to catch everybody up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, TJ Lindsay committed to Auburn, uh, four-star defensive lineman out of Bryan, Arkansas at IMG. That was expected. Um, you know, Texas is going out. They're trying to reel in Dominic McKinley. That's a real battle with Oklahoma, uh, potentially Ohio State, LSU, A&M also in the mix. I don't think LSU is the pick as of today or September 1 when he announces. But, look, it's only August 12th. Um, so I, that's really where Texas's focus is on the defensive line. Um, that doesn't mean they won't revisit somebody a little bit later if Dominic McKinley doesn't go their way. Uh, DeCorey Moore, number 10 ranked junior in the country, out of Duncanville High, committed to LSU. Um, kind of surprised a lot of people. Um, I, I think we'll, that'll be fun to watch that one uh, play out over time. I expect them back on uh, campus at Texas during the season for sure. Got it. I didn't know we were having a recruiting portion. Would you like me to give an update on Wingo, Kobe Black, <laughs> Danny Okoye? I, 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 I think they would all hey, hey, Justin, ju- well, let's, let's do this. Let's do this. September 30th, DeAndre Carter is coming in for his official visit for the Kansas game. Texas is working on Brandon Baker coming in that weekend as well. Jarrett Gibson, Jordan Johnson-Rebell are likely in that weekend because IMG's off. That's going to be a big weekend for Texas as far as some uh, during the season. But now, Justin – go to September 17th Wyoming game because there's a couple of top uncommitted targets coming in there too. 
Yeah, that, that's something I was going to say. Is it, I think it's 16th on the 16th yeah. the Wyoming game. Um, Ryan Wingo on three five-star receiver out of uh, St. Louis University in St. Louis, Missouri. He's going to be taking an unofficial. He came back. He came for an official in June, and, and, and they really knocked his socks off. Texas really got in this recruitment in the last three or four months, and, and really Chris Jackson's done a tremendous job there. Uh, Wingo's probably going to be in Tennessee a couple weeks after that as well, and so that's something to watch. Danny Okoye, edge out of Tulsa, big kid, 6'4", 6'4", 6'4", 240 pounds, just, just a big athlete out of Tulsa. Uh, Noah homeschool, kind of one of those rare kids. You don't really see – when I see homeschool kids, I don't see – they don't look like this. And, and so Danny, Danny's a big, big monster edge. He he loved the Colin Simmons to commitment to Texas. He thought that was really cool. He's still clicking with PK and Sark. He'll be on campus. He'll also be at Tennessee on the 30th. And that's of note as well when you're following uh, Okoye's recruitment as well. And so those are the first, those are the first two right now. Wingo bit Tennessee on the 30th too. So they're going to be I, I just said, I, I yeah. said that. Sorry, yeah. I was getting a text. So, yeah, they're going to be traveling together. There's, there's, St. There's Louis, and, you know, yeah. All right, hey, this one, guys, this one's from Clifton Hines. Uh, will Colin, Jerry, this is you, so you got to pay attention here. Yeah, yeah. Will Colin Simmons just ride his natural ability as far as it takes him, or will he come in coachable, ready to learn and get better, which takes some humbleness? People asked me that the other day is Colin Simmons coachable, and does he have that maximization? idea behind how he works yeah yeah i i do think he does and i do think he does because everything he does is for his little brother everything, everything. it's a different type of motivation yep. um but look colin works really hard people see he's on social media they see he's kind of got that john tay cook boisterous personality which actually is a good thing by the way and he was great on air with us twice live um but here's the thing that guy is traveling to Austin to work out at Collective. He is he, he has taken in workouts. He had he works with a personal defensive line instructor on pass rush. This guy, I think sometimes with guys that are really on social media a lot and they're maybe boisterous and they're confident, they can get confused with guys that are kind of just riding on the talent. But yeah. this guy's putting in the work too at a young age. He is motivated. Um, look, TJ Ford says it best. He said. Guys, we want to hear our name called on 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 NFL and NBA draft night. Right. And Colin Simmons is one of those. Hey, Jerry, this was for you too because I know you heard some good things today. Uh, I heard from Nate Rivera. I heard Muhammad got a pick today. Yeah, I think he also helped uh, cause a fumble. How is he developing overall? Yeah, well, look, he came in as a midterm guy. He's gained thirteen pounds, by the way, since he 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 got to Texas in in January. Which people are like, whoa, no, but. Yeah, I think he's just as quick and fast as he was. He's developed. He yes. was a really good speed guy in Dallas that trains a bunch of guys for the NFL draft. Really good guy. And um, look, he's he came in technically advanced, um, and he came in with a more of a technically advanced mindset to go with it. Um, but he's what he's done is he's he's proven that he's around the football early on. He's around the football, whether it's. The interception, he had an interception against Quinn in one of the early practices. Now, Quinn, I think, was under some duress, and maybe they'd have blown the play dead, but he was still there to make a play. Um, then he had a pick today on the stop route against Malik Murphy, um, and then he's also around that cause fumble. So whether he had a hit in it or he just fell on it, the guys around the football, and guys that are around the football at a young age, 
they're one, they're technically advanced, and two, they're under they're already understanding the scheme and where they're supposed to be all the time. I think he's doing really well. He's nipping on Ryan Watts's heels right now. He's nipping, and I, I you know, I'm a Ryan Watts guy, but I think Muhammad has more upside in the league. Nick, league he runs, he runs better. Hey, yeah, we just had, had a question. Better. He turns we just better. had a question. Hunter Moden update. Um, uh, yeah, look, I mean, he's not part of the Texas class. I I, I wish him the best. I, I hope he does okay, man. I mean, I really do. And, um, you know, I, I'm interested to see, you know, where his football career goes. But, yeah, he's not. Texas is not recruiting him. All right, let's go back to Matt Was here. Uh, I'm not hearing you guys talk about much about Quinn. Is he playing like QB1, Justin? They just jumped on Mutt what, Wiz. Mutt Wiz. I just said that out loud, so now I know what that sounds like. Um, yeah, if you just jumped on, Quinn, Quinn was the starter. Quinn looked sharp. Quinn looked well. Um, he did throw a pick late, a little bit late uh, against Jaron Thompson, got him. But for the most part, I think the touchdown pass to A.D. Mitchell, that was his second read in the back corner. I was probably one of the better passes of the day. He's quarterback one. He's playing like quarterback one. He's trying to lead like a quarterback one. We don't have a quarterback controversy in Austin for the first time in a long time. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> I heard he had a good day, too. So just, just for the record, not necessarily the best day of the quarterbacks, though. No. Uh, hey, real quick on this, uh, Emmanuel Villafranco asked about uh, Darian Gallette uh, and also Hookem J. Hans asked about Derek Williams uh, out of uh, New Iberia Westgate. Uh, I've talked to folks behind the scenes. I did not hear anything about either of them today. But I think that their Texas is pleased, very pleased with both of them this early. Um, all right, let's see here and keep going if we can. Uh, what else do we got? This one, Jerry. You and I talked about this this morning. Dennis Donaldson asked, "What happened to Warren Roberson?" Twice now, Bobby has talked about safety and nothing on Warren. There's a reason for that, Jerry. Yeah. Uh, Warren is uh, cross-training at corner and at star. And he has looked pretty good at corner from what we're hearing, which is interesting because that's not what I would have thought we'd be saying coming out of high school. Um, but where, what, where will he eventually end up? We'll see on that. But I think as a corner, he's got some of that Ryan Watts to him with maybe more long, maybe more transition and long speed. Uh, but he's got that physicality and he has that really toughness about him. Where he eventually ends up, we'll see. But that's because he's not playing safety. He that that toughness, that disposition. He's not as twitchy, but he has the same mindset, dog-like mentality of Jeff Gladney. Interesting. That's a good. That's a good East Texas name for you from New Boston. All right, Stanfield. What I'm most interested in is Quinn's command of the offense. Is he making good decisions before the ball is snapped? Checking to a different play, protection, etc based on defensive alignment guys we weren't there today i don't know that that we can really ex say that I, i've just heard behind the scenes he's getting further along in that kind of stuff uh, justin or jerry either of you guys have any yeah i mean i've, I've heard it? the same i've heard the same thing i think we could be we could talk too much about that like you said i mean i think a lot of that stuff will play out during games this year but he's definitely uh uh attacking the game of football in a more in a more professional manner this year from what I was told. Got it. Tell us every player that will have a sack this year. 
Gosh, that's more than five centers. Um, <laughs> all right, Justin, start counting. Hurry. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, this this will be good. This will be well, this will no, be no, fun. Here's the question: Will all eleven starters on defense have a sack this year? No, no, no. That's hey, impossible. It's impossible. There might be eleven people that have. Ryan sacks. Watts will have a sack. Jared Thompson will have a sack. Catalan will, will have two sacks. Jalen Ford will have six sacks. Anthony Hill will have 28 sacks. <laughs> okay. Come on now. Ethan Burke, Baron Sorrell, obviously, Alfred Collins. The question I have is whether or not Tavondre Sweat and um, Byron Murphy up there. Uh, Just tough in, in their spots. I know it is. I, yeah. I know it is, and I think that's fair. But if they are able to have a good year in that regard, Texas is looking at a 30-plus sack year, in my opinion. And that would have accomplished something that Pete Kwiatkowski said he wanted to do as defensive coordinator this year. All right, uh, talking with uh, both Jerry Hamilton and uh, Justin uh, Justin Wells of InsideTexas.com. <laughs> We've been uh, doing it an hour, Bobby. <laughs> no, that's okay. I think that the issue that, that that's very interesting here and that we're seeing – and what we've all heard, guys, this Texas team looks different. Yeah. I mean, that at the end of the day, we can talk about this stuff all we want until we're blue in the face. The reality, I've been doing this for 30 years. I did not talk about Texas this way five years ago, seven years ago, two years ago, one year ago. Well, I, I never definitely didn't talk about them this way. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, they are, this is a different set of dudes. Um, how, how high is the ceiling? I don't know. I mean, it depends how well they play, Yeah. but the ceiling is as high as they want to take it to a degree. I mean, there, there are four or five football teams in college football that, that are as good or better than them on a given day, but this team has a lot, a lot of upside. Would y'all, would y'all both agree with that? Yeah. Well said. For sure. I mean, look, this to me, this season comes down to um, probably four things. Quinn looking – he doesn't have to look like a first-round pick. If he looks like a second-round pick, Texas is going to have a good year. If the offensive line, that depth really shows up in games and they pass pro, I think that's where Alabama is going to test Texas the most. Is off, I think that's an offensive line game for Texas, actually. I think if the offensive line takes the next step, those are my two things on offense. I think it's a known wide receiver is going to be better. Three, a healthy season out of Jalen Catalan as much as possible. And then four for me is, um, you know, look, it's pass rush. It's getting the quarterback to the ground as a team. If all four of those things happen, this team is going to be really, really good. And I'm not saying they're going to be Georgia level or maybe Michigan level. I know Michigan lost to TCU, but this is going to be Michigan's best team. But they're they're going to be the cut below. Got it. All right. Hey, uh, Jerry, this may be best for you and Justin uh, from Michael Williams. Thanks for the super chat, Michael. Great content as usual. How many five-star and four-stars do you find work with position-specific trainers outside – of their high school coaches. Is that more common than ever, oh, right? Oh, yeah, it's a lot more common. I'd say it's two two things there. One, it depends on where you live. If you're in DFW, you can go find margin hooks pretty easily. You can go find Nathan O'Neill, some of those guys pretty easily. Um, quarterback coach. If you're in California, obviously quarterback coach, right? I mean, I, a lot of it depends on where you live. 
do more guys now? Absolutely, on, on in some manner. I mean, look, when I was living in South Florida, kids were in the sandbox all day long, right, with guys. I mean, I think there's a difference between working with the margin hookses of the world, who I think are legitimately great at what they do, and then some some guys who are just kind of, you know, there, right? But you definitely see more guys working with position-specific people nowadays than ever before. And I, and I think that's going to continue. I don't think that's going to think I think they feel like at this point they have to, to give them that edge, to get them to that, to that next level that they all are striving for. I think some of these guys feel like they have to do that. All right. Hey, guys, I want to ask this. We've got time for a couple. We've gone over an hour here. Got a time for about three more questions. I'm going to get those in. Uh, but thank you all for joining us at this point. Uh, the stop sign, who do you all think the next commit will be? Jerry or Justin, you all? Y'all have any thought process there? Dominic McKinley, the next one that, that has, has a date to go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he has a date. Spe- a specific date is Dominic McKinley, September first, um, and that will be before his, I believe, his first home game of the season. Not that they don't play a game before that. Do, um, do we that, know anything on Wardell Mack? We don't, and I think Wardell Mack. That was the other one I was going to get to. I think Wardell Mack could come at any time or before the season or a couple of weeks into the season. I mean, that one's to be determined, but he's another guy that, that's close, right? And that's that's Texas and Florida mentioned more than anybody else right now. LSU's in it, but he didn't go there that last Friday in July. Um, you know, Florida State, I wouldn't say he's out of it, but I'm not sure the people who cover Florida State have confidence in it. Um, but, yeah, so I think, I think those are probably two really good bets right now to be the next ones. I mean, I think Justin and I are on the same um, – same page on this. Not Kobe Black, probably not before Dominic McKinley, but you can't ever rule these guys out, but probably not. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks there. Uh, this one from Isaac Darden. Let's keep going on this. Any positives on Malik Murphy? Also, as a side note, is it understood that the defense won the day today? Justin? Yeah, there were, you know, there have been positives from Malik these first few weeks of camp. You know, we, we've heard good stuff about Malik. I know the in particular two practices where he threw the ball really well and maybe the lack of, of, of going vertical today kind of held him back a little bit from some, some regard. I'm not sure, but he didn't have a great scrimmage today. He, he made some mistakes. Uh, the defense was very blitz happy on the second and third team quarterbacks, him and Arch Manning. He played some second team today. He played some third later in the sessions. He played a little more third than second, but he rotated both going back and forth. Um, yes, and it is under that is a strong understanding. The defense did win the day. They they usually do win these early first camp uh, first um, fall scrimmages. And like I said, if the court if if, if you know the offense isn't going to try to go down the field, the defense can kind of key in on a lot of this stuff early on. It's really when you go to the next scrimmage and in, in the final practices where you see the offense start to turn the worm a little. And I'll say this about Malik, and I've said this the whole time. I'm going to maintain this. He is a true pocket passer. So if defenses get up into him and they start to make him get on the move, that's not really his strength. I think people are thinking about him as a quarterback different than his reality, where I think Arch Manning plays on the move really well. Um, I, I think the thing with Malik is he needs really clean pockets. He's a pocket guy. He needs to really be able to step into those throws and use that arm strength that's going to be the question is a guy that goes through a mechanical overhaul and, and, and against the air, he does really well, but that's still a process for him. When you change your mechanics and now if you start getting into these live situations and he starts having to play under duress, I think it's going to take him a little bit longer as he goes through this process. All right. 
I'm going to go down to the next uh, one up here. I've got Chris Connor, uh, Super Chat. Thank you. Love what y'all do. Sounds like this may be a year where they, we've got both the X's and O's and the Jimmy's and Joe's. Pretty well said. Y'all agree? I only hear the Jimmy in the Joe's reference, Bobby, when you're talking. That's the only person I hear that from. So I appreciate We have a Joe's D. Camillus, that's for sure. We have Joe D. Camillus. We're good there. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm getting ready to go. Here we go. Here's one from Jonte Randolph, guys. Justin, I believe you mentioned Kobe Black is still growing. He's already a big corner. Could he potentially grow into safety? He could, but that's not where he needs to go. Kobe Black is a cornerback. You're a corner until you're a safety at that level. You, I can find a dozen safeties. You can find one corner. Kobe still maintains that fluidity at 200 pounds, and, and that's that's exactly what you want. He is a defensive – he is so good on on-ball defense and basketball, and so you can see how he shifts. You can see how he moves his frame. He's just hes just a bigger kid. He just really is just growing into his body. I could see him being 205, 210 in college and and, 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 and having being just fine with it. Don't forget, this is a guy that also runs on their, on their relays and, and track at, at Conley as well. And so, no, you know, he could grow into a safety, but you want a cornerback. I, I can find you plenty of safeties, but in my opinion, you're a corner until you're a safety. I, I want to respond to something real quick. Uh, you don't have to bring it up. Max Chanel said, Jerry's wrong at Sarah. Malik had a bad OL and all his throws were on the move. We're not talking about high school football. We're talking about big time power five. There's a huge difference in speed of the game when people are coming at you. Next. All right. Pope Casino coming up with another one. Uh, I'm convinced that they are talking to the same women. That's that's you two guys. Defense first three, first three <laughs> games over under seven turnovers. I will take the under on that. Look what you started, Jerry. Seven well. turnovers, guys. <laughs> First three, that's the non-conference slate, starting with Rice, then going to Alabama and Tuscaloosa, coming back home for Wyoming. Seven turnovers in three would be I – mean, I don't know that Texas got seven turnovers in any three-game stretch a year ago. Did they? Uh, that's tough. Maybe the Oklahoma State game. Um, man, maybe you can't know. The, the, the tough thing with the turnovers after three games is, you know, Rice and Wyoming will try to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands fast, right? So that means you're really probably going to have to have more strip fumbles. That's a tougher deal. Yeah. We'll, we'll see tr- how and truthfully, Alabama is playing musical chairs at quarterback. And I don't anticipate an Alabama coach team to turn the ball over fairly often, if ever. But not when he has a group like he has this year, but not like this group. This is a little different. And I reading about something earlier. They're still right now. They're expected Jalen Milrow to be the starter when they I believe when they open against Middle Tennessee State. If if Milrow is a starting quarterback when Texas comes into Bryant Denny in week two, I that seven turnover thing may not be that far off. Well, we'll see. We'll see. They're, they're well, gonna... It depends because all he, I mean, it depends when you play a running back and quarterback. He may not throw the ball a lot, but still. I, I get it. If he has three or four turnovers against Texas, that'll be the last time he starts for Nick. <laughs> be nice. let's, just, let's be clear on that. Yeah, uh, be the last be, time he plays. <laughs> how I know we're on our way back, you can feel the hate again. The hate never left. I don't think so either, man. <laughs> Aggies and Sooners, they only know one way. 
<laughs> they only know one way. All right, guys, I want to finish up uh, with this, uh, uh, this a couple of comments. One uh, note from Ashton Holloman. Appreciate you here, bud. Jerry, the coverage of Collins' commitment and the interviews were epic. I think you guys were the only ones to interview him. Jerry, you did a great job on that. Really appreciate it. All right, last question, okay, uh, in, from Zachary Evans. Will next weekend's scrimmage set the starting five for the OL? I think, guys, the answer here is yes. It doesn't mean, however, that whoever starts the scrimmage is next. actually the, the, the starting five. I think they're going to use next week and the scrimmage on Saturday to, to determine who the starting five are, whether they, they play well as first-teamers or second-teamers. They're going to figure it out and go from there. Uh, y'all's thoughts on that? I can see I, that. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Bobby. I think, uh, especially with how much they moved around today. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, I think today. Today was big. I think. Look, the coaches have a pretty good feel, right now, uh, but it's, they're just going to let it play out on the field. Yeah. Yep. All right. All right. That's going to do it for today, uh, guys. Special practice uh, live stream. Enjoyed answering all the questions. I mean, this is what it's all about: getting you guys the news. Justin and Jerry, y'all did a terrific job. Uh, answering them, and also having the intel. Uh, make sure everybody goes and checks out. There's more details, et cetera, on Inside Texas right now. I know there's a tons of questions and news and updates over there as well. $1 for one month at InsideTexas.com. We also want to th say thank you to our Super Chats, Kabir Hussein, Corey Cochran, Edmund Lee, Pope Casino, a couple times there, Pope, uh, Elijah Perez, Justin Yarbrough, Ashton Holloman, Clifton Hines, Michael Williams, Chris Connor. And Boomer Beats. Guys, uh, you guys have a good weekend. Uh, if there's more news coming today, we'll be back. Uh, otherwise, check us out on Inside Texas uh, for Jerry Hamilton and, Ian, uh, and Justin Wells of Inside Texas. I'm Bobby Burton. That's been On Texas Football.